Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The FT. How was the budget for you? Will you get the benefit of higher personal tax allowances? Will an inheritance tax break make you more charitable? And has investing in smaller companies suddenly become more attractive? All this to come in this special budget edition of the FT Money Show with me, Matthew Vincent, and my FT colleagues, Alice Ross. Hello. And Steve Lodge. Hello. And in something of a coup, our special studio guest, the tax director of the Treasury's Office of Tax Simplification and policy director of the Chartered Institute of Taxation, so he knows more than a bit about tax. John Whiting. First time I've been described as a coup. Thank you very much, Matthew. (laughs) Well, John, it's very good to have you back on the uh, show. Well, let me start off, though, by just asking you what you thought were the standout budget measures in a budget that didn't really have that many eye-catching announcements. It didn't. It was a certain element of making a lot out of not very much, since there clearly wasn't a lot of money to give away, nor was there any suggestion that he was going to take a lot more. So headlines obviously grabbed by things with fuel duty and personal allowances, but I must admit for myself, being a bit of an anorak and uh, putting my tax simplification hat on, I was naturally very pleased to see some good starts on simplifying taxes, picking up some of the reports we've produced, some of the recommendations, and indeed we even got a credit in the speech and a hear-hear from various honourable members. Absolutely right. And had a hear-hear from, uh, from many the of us at the FT. Exactly. Oh, in that case, that is even more important. <laughs> of course. Well, let's start there uh, by perhaps picking up on some of those themes. You mentioned personal allowances, um, mm. national insurance. I mean, Steve, this is something you've been looking at uh, very closely, and we of course knew that the personal allowance was going up uh, this April while the higher rate tax threshold was coming down and we also knew that national insurance was going to rise. Um, But what about the announcements we got this week about the tax year 2012-13? Yes Matthew, it's not for the coming tax year that starts next month, it's for the tax year after. So the big announcement on income tax was this £630 increase in the personal allowance, taking that tax-free income limit to 8105 for most people in 2012-13. So that was the big one. And that's worth typically £126, am I right, John? £126 for most people. 20% gives you that. But of course, a lot of that you'd be getting anyway through inflation. So that's why at one stage he did talk, didn't he, about uh, something like about £46 was the real value because that's the sort of real increase for any basic rate. But it's more a sort of softening of the blow, isn't it? Absolutely. Given that 
most higher rate taxpayers were going to be paying hundreds of pounds more next year as a combination of the income tax and national insurance changes, which, of course, care of yesterday, we know are really the same thing. Indeed, we might come back to that one. And one interesting thing about this promise for the next tax year from 2012 is that that increase in the personal allowance seems to be going to help the higher rate taxpayers as well, which, of course, the coming one in a couple of weeks isn't going to very definitely phase out. So, you know, he hasn't forgotten about the higher rate taxpayers, it seems. Yes, and what, but what about this rather more insidious change, the CPI uprating of tax increases in the future. It all sounds very complex, um, but it's all about inflation, isn't it? Yes, and it's all a bit of a mix, because on the one hand, we're going to keep on lifting the main personal allowance in accordance with RPI until we get to this much-vaunted £10,000 uh, personal allowance threshold. Which has traditionally always been the case that allowances Correct. and thresholds have always gone up in line with inflation as yeah. measured as you And say, we'll by get RPI. some real increases, I think, because the target is 10,000 by the end of this parliament. But as for the other allowances, particularly national insurance, we seem to be heading for CPI inflation, which might mean lower increases in thresholds. And that kind of pulls against the idea of bringing income tax and national insurance together because we may see the amounts or starting points or thresholds drifting apart even more. It's, and it's more of that old phrase, fiscal drag, we hear, I more people pulled into potentially oh, higher it's bands. absolutely. Stealth the, tax. The, well, fis- let's, let's be honest mm. and call it fiscal drag. You know, the, the Chancellor's best friend, as you say, more m- people, more proportions of their income dragged into higher rate tax bands or indeed in the bands in the first place. But of course, in the speech, uh, he tried to make the point that uh, the measures he announced would not drag any more people into higher rate tax, which I suppose was a tacit admission Mm. (laughs) of of exactly what's happening from this April. Um, And yet, do you think fiscal drag will continue to be a factor in the future? I think it will continue to be a factor in the future. I mean, it's all a question of earnings growth versus uh, RPI or CPI inflation. And as Steve's highlighting, if CPI gets used for some of the thresholds, perhaps particularly on national insurance... And that's why, you know, it all starts to get a bit fuzzy. So I don't think fiscal drag has uh, entirely gone back into the closet, as it were. It's still very much on the table. Well, the Chancellor's claim, correct if I'm wrong, John, assumed that people wouldn't get a pay rise. So technically he's right. The care of his budget yesterday... Or certainly not a real pay rise. Well, exactly. Which may well be yes. the case. Yes. I mean, let's face it, we're in tough times, so there may not be so many. But I don't think fiscal drag has finally been killed, as it were. It's still there. It is still, when all said and done, a good friend of chancellors through the ages. Yes, and they know that only too well. <laughs> Thanks very much, uh, um, Steve, for that for, uh, for the moment. And for more on the impact uh, on higher rate taxpayers, you can uh, have a look at our comprehensive budget coverage on ft.com forward slash money, as well as our articles on higher earners in the money section of this weekend's FT. But in a budget short on tax giveaways for anyone but drivers of a Ford Focus, there was one unexpected measure which stood out, the announcement that inheritance tax will be cut by 10% to a rate of 36% if at least 10% of an estate is left to charity. Um, Alice, this was a a little bit of a surprise to me. I hadn't been expecting it. Um, But I suppose the thing to note is it won't leave beneficiaries any better off 
The Chancellor was quite keen to stress that. I suppose the question then is, will it make charitable giving more popular? Well, this measure is a lot less generous than it first appeared to us when we were listening to it because we instantly assumed that it meant that inheritance tax, which is currently 40% on estates worth over 325000 would come down to 30%, which sounded quite exciting. Um, but in fact, it's just coming down 10% to 40%, so it's coming down to 36%. So that was a little bit disappointing for, for those who um, are concerned about inheritance tax. Um, and also, while the Chancellor stressed that it wouldn't leave beneficiaries any better off, he didn't mention that it would actually leave them worse off. So it's not a neutral position for beneficiaries, um, this new tax, because in order to leave 10% of your estate to charity, um, the the value of that that's being taken away is actually more than the tax saving that you make in then only having to pay 36% inheritance tax. So, you know, Families will just have to choose, as they always do, do they want to leave the money to charity or to their children? But this isn't a neutral announcement. John, I mean, simplification is what you've been working so hard on uh, for some time now. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been easier to make this a, a simpler mechanism? Yes. I mean, it does sound a little over-complex. And, I mean, the figures, as Alice is saying, seem a little odd. And, for example, if you've got something like a million-pound taxable estate, you give 100000 away. And I know this is an oversimplified example. It ends up costing the beneficiaries about 25000 to put mm. that 100000 in the hands of the charity. And you think, is it all really worth it? And Inheritance tax is a complex tax, not least because it's got a lot of exemptions and reliefs. Many of the reliefs, of course, have been there almost longer than any of us sitting around the table have been on the planet, and it's time that they were increased. So I personally would have gone for a commitment to review inheritance tax generally rather than make another little tweak or twiddle. And if, if anyone does want to try and take advantage of the tweak or twiddle, um, Alice, what do, what do they have to do? Is it simply a case of just amending their will? Yeah, I mean, this is someone was saying to me yesterday that the one piece of good news for this is probably going to be for family solicitors who um, may now find that everyone is coming knocking on their door to make a fresh will because, of course, you do have to make sure that you've left 10% of your estate to charity, um, which will actually be a little bit of a tricky thing to do because if it has to be 10% of the value of the estate mm. when you die... You know, when you make the will, you don't necessarily know how much all of your assets are worth. So it might not be as simple as that if you have a large property that's not liquid. You know, it definitely throws up these It's got the interesting prospect of because of a boom in the stock market, your planning has been mucked up. And the only saving grace is if then, of course, the heirs can get together and hopefully can do a deed of family arrangement to adjust it. But you're mm. absolutely right. It'll take some careful calculations and whatever. And, of course, I mean, I suppose we have to put it in the context of trying to improve more chari- more money into the hands of charities. There's a number of other measures. There's a sort of idea of making it easier to leave your, you know, the constable that I know you've got in your loft, Matthew, back to the <laughs> uh, National Gallery when you pass on. Um, you know, there's a little bit of this flowing through the budget to try and improve charitable giving. But is it huge? Well, arguably the bigger impact is the prospect of gift aid relief on £5,000 in the collecting tin, but don't hold your breath. That, like the one we're talking about, is subject to consultation and will be a year or two off. So we'll have to wait uh, wait and see that. And I suppose the uh, the point about wills is that if you, if you do need to make um, some sort of variation, 
as you say, it's back to the solicitor <laughs> several times in mm. order to do it. Which is going to cost you some money anyway, Sue. So yes, is it really going to be worth it at the end of the day? I suppose the, it, the, only, the only way in which it will definitely work is, is I suppose, is if you have an estate that's worth quite a lot and then the market falls so that the amount you leave is more than 10%. Yes. So that you can you can be guaranteed that you... But if you doodle the figures, obviously you get the biggest proportionate benefit if you just get that 10% level. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's when it's most worthwhile in many ways, it seems. Yes. Why couldn't they have listened to your recommendation to have a complete review of the, well, of the whole tax? Maybe the FT could start a campaign on that one. Well, we'll, we'll think about it. <laughs> Although it's double-edged, as many people will say, that many people feel it's manageable as it is, it could only get worse. <sighs> Yes, that's always, always the danger with these things. Um, well, if you'd like to know more details uh, about the tax changes surrounding charitable donations, you can read Alice's article uh, in the, the uh, money section of the Weekend FT and also um, on the website where we have all of our in-depth coverage at ft.com forward slash money. Well, finally, let's have a look at tax incentives for investing. We'll have to wait until next week for details of the new junior ISA for under-18s. But the budget did introduce some attractive-looking tax reliefs for grown-ups who are willing to back higher-risk investments. The Enterprise Investment Scheme is going to be expanded to offer 30% tax relief up front rather than 20% at present on investments of up to a million pounds in unquoted companies. And significantly, larger companies will now be counted as qualifying investments. Now, John, I received tens if not almost hundreds of emails yesterday from very excited promoters of enterprise investment schemes saying this was fantastic news and a great tax efficient investment opportunity where you know higher earners don't have that many these days but is it potentially an incentive to take too much risk it is always a risky investment i mean that is the nature of enterprise investment scheme and for that matter venture capital trusts it's the riskier end of the corporate investing market. I mean, that, that's what you're getting the tax relief for, for being willing to take that extra risk. But then again, this set of adjustments has undoubtedly made it more attractive. I mean, you mentioned the increase in tax rates. That gets the headlines. But actually, I think what is of more significance is the widening of the pool of companies that you can actually invest in. And this certainly answers a lot of calls from well, businesses themselves, never mind the people promoting the schemes, who've said that the restrictions over the years have really narrowed down too much, you know, which companies can actually use these schemes. Exactly, because the restrictions were such that it was companies with gross assets of no more than seven million, million. before the fundraising, yep. fewer than 50 employees and looking to raise no more than £2 million. Now we're looking at um, companies uh, with gross assets of, I think, up to 15, 15 million, million, 250 which, employees. Which is very significant. Which is much, a much larger enterprise, potentially. And they can raise up to £10 million. Yeah. And, I mean, all of this is very significant. The amount that you can get tax relief on doubles to a million. You know, this is terrific. But as I say, the core thing to me is this increase in the size of the companies because perceptibly you've seen over the last few years a lot of people wanting to invest in EIS, but there's almost been more money than there have been appropriate opportunities. Yes, and now we've got a wider pool. It may, of course, block along to all those efforts to get more finance available to the classic smaller, medium, expanding company 
because now more of them can make use of the EIS scheme. So I think this is much to be applauded, and it's really, the, you know, can I do another plug for the EIS? It's something uh, that we actually recommended in the Office of Tax Simplification Report that it needed. You did recommend it? I, I, I read it. It needed expanding. But, John, isn't there a little anomaly here that, I mean, a lot of investors have been talking about having AIM shares eligible for ISAs mm. as an alternative. Now, I know the AIM market isn't always, people aren't always a fan of the AIM market, but isn't that an alternative? I mean, ISAs are a scheme that's worked. Yeah. People like it. Um, there clearly is demand amongst some smaller company investors to invest in, in AIM companies. And yet this government, and indeed the last, has not shown any interest in that high risk I think that's a very very fair challenge Steve I mean I've no explanation for that I mean I'm with you in saying that would be a very worthwhile route to explore and I guess people wouldn't want the extra tax relief because ISA is sort of built in tax relief I guess the only counter will be there's an element of ISA are supposed to be simple easily marketable things the nature of aim it's slightly less marketable but Heck, it's pretty well established now. So, you know, I think probably it comes back to AIM deserving a sort of review of exactly what privileges AIM shares should qualify for. And Because, I of course, some of them qualify for inheritance tax benefits. Exactly. Um, you know, maybe one has to say it's a balanced package, but I think it would be another useful extension, exactly as you suggest. And indeed, it's something that uh, our columnist in FT Money, John Lee, has been campaigning indeed. for uh, and <laughs> continues to campaign for. So perhaps between uh, between you, John, and uh, and John Lee as well, we might well, get the old water dripping on a done. stone. Eventually, <laughs> the stone cracks. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep watching that stone. Um, but uh, for now. Uh, Thanks very much um, indeed. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for uh, in this budget special FT Money show. Um, but John has very kindly um, agreed to give more of his time to help FT readers make sense of the budget. He's been answering questions in a budget Q&A on FT.com, which you can go and read at FT.com forward slash money. And we'll be printing a selection of the most commonly asked questions in the money section of this weekend's FT. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer about the budget or any other aspect of your finances, you can also email us. The address is money at ft.com. Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Steve, Alice and John Whiting of the Office of Tax Simplification and the Chartered Institute of Taxation. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. 